What's up, all you blurs, nerds, and everything in between? Welcome to another episode of the Inner Geekdom Show. I am your host, the Swaggy Blurred, Winston A. Marshall. And oh god, look, Marvel did it again, dude. Like these, I feel like every week that we come back for one of these episodes, I'm freaking out about something. Like these shows are just so well crafted, and already we're only two episodes into Loki, and I feel like we're lost in this crazy adventure. Got the humor, got the action. God, I need a hero. I didn't think I was gonna get that as an intro, and and it was everything that I needed and more, honestly. Uh, but before we get started and get into it, I gotta give a huge shout out to my engineer. Uh, producer extraordinary, Mr. Dwayne Burke. What's good, man? How you doing this fine Wednesday morning? I am so hyped on this show. I <laughs> like Captain America and the Winter Soldier is always going to be something special. Yeah. But I think this might end up being my favorite thing in the MCU. Like, I, I, I genuinely so hyped. I feel, I feel you on that, man, because I feel like it, essentially we've just been on this just what I'm worried about now is we're going on this roller coaster where it's just been climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing for a while. I'm so scared of the drop, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't want the like. I don't need an iron fist in my life right now. Is what I'm essentially telling you. Is I'm terrified of the iron fist Marvel show that's coming. But hopefully, yeah. it doesn't ever happen. I am very scared of the third act of 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 guess of us getting a Marvel third act. I'm very scared of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that too. But you know. All I've known so far with these first two episodes of Loki is just how mischievous it has been and how fun it's been. So, of course, if I'm going to talk about the second episode of Loki, I can't do it by myself. I can't do it with just Dwayne. I had to bring in the mini goddess of mischief, as I believe what she called herself before the show started. Uh, She is one of the nicest people that I've ever met. Um, she has a lovely cat named Sir Pounce. I don't remember the other cat's name, unfortunately, off the top of my head. Uh, she is a two-time inner geekdom champion of the world. And she's a damn, well, hold on. Chandra's a rocket scientist. I believe she's like a, just tell me, are you a geneticist or it's a, it's a, it's a, what, what? Nuclear scientist. She's a nuclear scientist. You already know from hearing that voice, ladies and gentlemen, it is none other than the Brown Door Star herself, Miss Mara Kanavik. What's up, Mara? Welcome to the Inner Geekdom Show. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I mean, look, uh, first of all, we only have the smartest of the smart people on here. So that's, of course, why you're here. We had, we had to do that. But second of all, I mean, we were talking for like half a second about this show um, uh, via text after the Among Us stuff. And you were like, oh my God, you're going to love the second episode. It's amazing. I was like, well, then you have to come on. Like, we have to talk about this. If it's so good, you, you were like, I'm all here for it. So thank you so much for joining us. By the way, so glad that you shouted out Holding Out for a Hero because if you've never seen that music video, it is sick. And all of the production budget was spent on going to the Grand Canyon. It's pretty amazing. And I've I'm never here for seen that song. It. I, I, really I always love that song because of a Shrek. Like I knew the song Shrek before too, Shrek. Yeah. yeah, but Shrek too. That moment is so good. Like when because it's he's trying to get to the castle at the last minute, right? And he's riding a donkey as like a steed through like the town, and like oh god, it's so good. Um, yeah, and that Jennifer Saunders rendition is amazing. Yes, exactly. So I, I was so happy that they kind of did it here, and I it, it made me actually think before we really got into the episode, I was like, okay, what is, is Shrek involved? Is there some sort of like, 
are people shape-shifting that I don't know about? Like, what is kind of happening right now? And so it, it got my wheels turning before the episode even got really started. But it honestly was just a really cool action sequence of of uh, what I've been calling uh, uh, evil, uh, evil variant Loki, uh, just kicking ass and enchanting people at the same time, which we get a big reveal at the end of the episode that we'll get into. But just off the bat, Mara, what are your just initial thoughts about the show as a whole and particularly this episode. I really think that they've honed in on how to balance tone because I do think there are some really serious themes at play that I'll get into in a second, but it's just so fun and vibrant and happy and quippy and thoroughly Loki, which I mean, it's just something I am 100% invested in at this point. Um, I think that there's a lot at play here when you look at at the self. I know that a lot of yeah. the other shows and um, films have really taken a look at, like, let's look at society. Let's see what's going on inside of the group think. How can we change things? How can we move forward together? And I think that this is one that wants us to look inward, at least right now, and balance how do you love yourself even if you don't love things you've done or if you're ashamed of things you've done? Can you move forward and reconcile that? And even though he's a borderline narcissist that suffers from self-hatred, we all have things we love about ourselves and things we don't. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I think you hit the nail right on the head in that like the theme of the scared little boy in the cold comes up a lot in the last episode, a lot in this episode, which is kind of the truth about Loki. When you really look at his behavior throughout the three films, throughout the two, or I guess the three, the Thor trilogy, but also the Avenger films that he's in um, uh, throughout these two episodes, he really is just that, a kind of a scared little boy that was stripped from his home, even though he was loved and cared for, always felt like he was under the thumb of his brother. And he's doing these things sort of out of rebellion. But like you said, there's this weird self-hatred that makes us do these things that we don't love. Uh, about ourselves. And and I believe Mobius has the line in this episode, not all people that are bad are truly bad and not all people that are good are truly good, which is also true. We know plenty of people in our lives that like seem like angels and then we find out they got a little demon inside of them. And then we find out people that we thought were so horrible actually are pretty good people. They're just in weird circumstances that have made them do certain things. And I, and I love that exploration we get of this uh, already so quickly in two episodes. Um, okay, so we start off in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which I got to ask you, were you an Oshkosh Bagosh kid? Because my mother made me wear that stuff whether I wanted to or not. I was not. I really missed out and I was very jelly of the Oshkosh community. <laughs> it was... Look, man, it was peak 90s. It was just like 50 colors on your body at the same time, not because of like a pride situation, just because it was like, what, what is matching? It doesn't matter. So I, I immediately had like a weird flashback when they introduced us to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, we're in 1985, we're at a Ren Fair, and this is where we get uh, uh, Waiting for a Hero. Um, and we get a group of Minutemen um, that get ambushed by evil or evil variant Loki. And the enchantment gets put on their leader. Uh, I believe her name is C20. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, so they put an enchantment on C20 and she, there's a reason why she's a commander. She whoops her entire squad's ass, <laughs> like very easily with Loki, evil Loki coming up with a few stabs here and there. Um, just right out of the gate, we get this awesome action sequence. And to me, I always love seeing, like, I love seeing Agent uh, 13 
uh, seeing Sharon uh, getting that same opportunity to whoop all those dudes uh, behinds in Falcon and Winter Soldier. What did you think about this opening fight sequence, Mara? I like that it feels like they're using, they're harnessing the cinematic universe in a TV show. And they've kind of really taken the criticism to heart about having 25 cuts in, you know, a 12 second little thing or even less. And so I, I like that we could see what was happening. I had a sense of the geography. I could uh, kind of anticipate what was going on based on understanding where I was and what was going on around me. And yeah, seeing her just be fierce. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing, which again, I, I try and steer away from the beat for beat. So let's, let's continue with the action for a minute. We also get uh, a fight kind of near the end. It's not, it's, it's a little, it's not as intense. It kind of reminds me of happy trying to take like, I'll get this guard. You get the next one. And you know, Natasha beats everybody's behind, you know, she's not even worried about it. And happy is just after five minutes, it's like, I got one. And then looks back and everybody's down kind of feels like the same skill here for Loki, which is confusing to me because we've seen him as a warrior genuinely like do damage before and he's getting mopped by Randy and then this like kind of country fat guy that just like, like Loki hits him with a vacuum cleaner. He rips the vacuum cleaner off and then chokes him with it. Like it is, it was a very, it is drastically different to see these two fights, which Made me even wonder if maybe the enchantment made them more of a badass, if that's supposed to be what's going on other than just mind control. Maybe there's a strength enhancement or something. Uh, what did you think about this fight sequence in juxtaposition to the one we get at the start of the, of the, of the show? I mean, it makes me wonder a little bit if um, the Loki we know is having a crisis of confidence. I mean, mm. kind of being held hostage by the TVA, um, not having total plans of domination that at least get very, very close to working and then fail. So um, that could be at play. But I also, uh, I like the idea of just, he keeps saying like, oh, well, this is the lesser Loki. Well, the other Loki thinks that our Loki is the lesser Loki. So which is it? I, I, which I'm going to say, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead. I mean, this is a spoiler review, so it's not like, you know, you didn't know we were going to be talking about this. So when we get the reveal that it's Lady Loki uh, right at the end of it, and that her plan already is infinitely more, like, dangerous, well thought out, and perfectly executed than our Loki's plans is, like, mind-blowing at how efficient, because it was like, well, okay, this Loki keeps taking reset charges, and then we get into the, 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 the store, the rocks cart, and we're like, oh, there's a timer. So either they're gonna jump or there's gonna be some sort of bomb or something. And for us to find out that she had rigged it so that all these reset charges just dump through portals and apparently bomb the sacred timeline with reset charges. Our Loki has, even though the Tachari came through, Ain't never done nothing this ridiculous, like not even close. And genuinely, as Owen called called our Loki, looks like a pussycat compared to her. Like it's not even really, it's not a comparison. Like, did you did your jaw drop as much as mine did when all of those reset charges just started falling into the sacred timeline? Or were you kind of like, I expected this from her? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Um, I also, I'm, I'm affectionately referring to them as time grenades just because it sounds fun. Um, okay, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, chaos. Uh, chaos allows you to, to hide behind other people's flailings. So I'm curious to see where does this go? Like what is going to happen while the TVA is fretting about what was just done? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Um, which, which brings us to uh, a really interesting conversation that Mobius 
and Loki have in midway through the episode, essentially about religion without openly saying it, it is this idea of what are your beliefs and what do they actually mean? So Mobius talks about how, uh, you know, I believe in the TVA and the sacred timeline and that like when we finish our, you know, finish our job, since they're working on what the end looks like, we'll all meet peacefully at like the end. And Loki's like, you understand how stupid that sounds? And he goes, okay, does it sound any stupider than what wh- did you come from? Well, a frost giant, okay. And who raised you? Odin, you know, the, the king of the gods, okay. And Asgard, a mystical land and all the, like, you think that that isn't also crazy to hear the things you're saying out loud. And that's the one thing that I, again, really appreciate about these Marvel shows is that we do get these philosophical like takes on life. We're not just given our action as Scorsese likes to, you know, you know, crap on the MCU. We're genuinely getting down to some nitty gritty, like real thoughts and process. What did you think about this conversation between the two of them? I mean, I gleaned uh, really similarly to you. I mean, for example, you and I, we come from very different backgrounds and different belief structures, but the idea of saying, why is what I think right? Just because it's from my perspective. And I think perspective, really, if, if I could boil down everything I said before about introspection, <laughs> it's perspective. So I'm, I'm going to just dub that Mara's interpretation is the theme of Loki currently is perspective. I like that. I actually like that a lot. I, I feel like if we want to pitch season two, like us writing it, that might be how we do it. It's like, you know, if, if season one was about perspective, maybe season two is about somebody else's perspective and then just kind of slide our way in there to get that big fat Disney check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am all on board to get on the Disney gravy train. I will happily become uh, the biggest shill for all of the Marvel shows if they let me write one. <laughs> I'm here for it. I feel like it would be a great. Well, that's a good question. And then we'll, we'll come back to Loki. Who would you want to write your show about? Okay, hold on. Let's put a pin in that. Okay. All right. All right. Because well, I have to really think some... about that one if I'm going to give a serious answer because the, the mouse is listening. So. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I want you to take your time. Take your time because they are always listening. That's for sure. If Loki or any sort of property comes up, they immediately turn the trackers on. So I get it. Uh, Dwayne, what about you, man? I mean, this conversation got obviously pretty heavy. I mean, it was, it was still treated with some light banter because it's Mobius and Loki. But what did this moment really kind of do for you, if anything, man? I, I think one of my favorite parts of this is just like how subtly different Mobius is from the comics than he, he is mm. in the show. Because in the, in the comics, he's kind of like not a likable character. Right. He's also very right. similar to Kang, as in the TVA is primarily made up of different versions of Mobius from throughout mm-hmm. time. And so far, we haven't seen multiples of anyone in the tva yet so the tva is you know a little bit different in the show than in the comics here um but also just his wholesomeness love of jet skis like that was like that was pretty great i loved that part of the conversation he was just like for a brief period you know man and machine came together in perfect <laughs> harmony to create the perfect jet ski. <laughs> I'm like what perfect for function form and and you know and design oh and i was like the jet ski that's i mean now have either of y'all been on one because i won't lie it actually is one of the most fun things you could potentially do Oh yeah, I've definitely almost killed myself a lot on jet skis. It's awesome. Jesus. <laughs> I, I have I've only well. 
<laughs> I've only flown off one time because I tried to bank a turn. I was trying to show off to my girlfriend at the time. And so I tried to bank a turn a little too hard and we both went flying and she's like, and that's why you don't get to drive anymore. And I was like, all right, well, that's probably a fair assessment there. Um, but I, I do find it so interesting that the jet ski is what they kind of latched onto, but it does fit the aesthetic of, you know, obviously the, the TVA is kind of this weird, like Mad Men-esque era, like lost in time sort of stuff. So it also makes sense that there might be some random gadget in time that they, they get attached to. But I will say, I love that we're getting essentially mischievous Loki every episode doing something in time that's just wild. So we found out he was D.B. Cooper in the first episode, which was hilarious. That was so funny. And so to follow it up with once Loki figures out that uh, Lady Loki is hiding within the apocalypses to go to Pompeii, which is super fun to do that and have another romp through history and have him ruined. You're all going to die. They're like, the hell is this man talking about? And then boom, the volcano goes off and everybody starts screaming and running around. Like, obviously, it was very sad to think, oh, my God, all these people are going to die the same way you think about Alabama. But I just love the fact that we're getting Loki through history. I think that that's actually in and of itself, a small thing that we were kind of promised knowing that this had something to do with time, but it's cool to actually see it play out and not just be completely lost in our A story. We get these little side stories for like five minutes every episode. What'd you think about the Pompeii scene, uh, Mara? I mean, you, you actually mentioned it um, last week, but I think one of the things that is necessary for this show, nothing works unless Tom Hiddleston works and he's mm -hmm. such a talented actor. I like that he can just as easily smile at me and make me feel charisma through the screen or smile at me and make me think, can he see me right now? Uh, and it's the same <laughs> smile. It's just all in his eyes. And I love watching him freeing the goats and, you know, just the, the whimsy with him. He's he's so delighted to know that he's right. He knows he's right. And yeah. I just, the astonishment on Mobius's face, just to think like, oh my God, I trusted him and it worked. I, It's just such a dynamic I'm really loving, like the buddy cop aspect yeah. of the two of them. A thousand percent. I, one of my favorite uh, Shakespearean plays is uh, Midsummer. And so uh, this, the, the idea that Loki really is just Puck, uh, you know, a very dangerous Puck, but Puck, mind you, is just so fun to just see him be like, be free, goats. And like, just, oh, I don't, I'm going to tell you about how your impending doom is cut. Like, he's just so, oh my God, dude. But that, th this explains why we have followed him and cared about him from jump. Why, why we actually enjoyed seeing him from Thor through Dark World and Ragnarok, et cetera, et cetera. Because like you said, you are giving us the seriousness that comes with him and the death that comes with him and the, the serious tones about what is religion, like what is this chaos, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then we get this. Then we, like you said, we get him with that that mischievous smile, that like that dripping in charisma that like we just can't take our eyes off of him. Um, and it... It's one of those things that like you appreciate that Hiddleston was put in a character that yes, obviously Loki died at Thanos' hand in, in Infinity War, but Loki seems to be in the comics one of the few villains that always shows up again. Like a lot of the villains do, but Loki is the one that legitimately is always finds another way to start another caper. And so it's fun to know that as long as Hiddleston likes doing this job, we could get more of this for a while, you know? Hopefully this is something that we get to continue to see throughout the life of the MCU. 
Um, okay, so we'll take a very quick uh, break just to make a few announcements and stuff like that, and we'll jump right back into the episode. Um, so first of all, as most of you have heard over on The Big Thing and SCN Live and all that kind of stuff, there's going to be splitting of channels. We're going to have the Schmodown stuff on one page, on the main page, and we'll have all the non-Schmodown related stuff on the other one. It's building up right now. It is currently, I believe, the Schmodown Extras or the Schmodown Clips page. So if you haven't already, please go over there and subscribe because this show will be moving over to that channel. We'll be one of the first ones to move over there as well as Sith Council. So do not miss it. It's going to be happening kind of near the end of the month and whatnot. It might be a little bit later than that, but it's coming up very, very soon. We're trying to get, I think we're up at about 7,000 subscribers. We're trying to get into at least 10 before we make that big jump. So if you haven't already, go over there. That's how you can help support the show, help support all the shows and all that good stuff. Obviously, send in the stream labs and super, uh, the stream labs and super chats if you have your own voices and opinions on this episode or want to ask Mara a question or myself or Dwayne a question definitely do that but go over and subscribe to that channel and we have some big surprises for you um other than the fact that we will be getting in the studio i've shared that already i have a lot of big surprises that i can't quite announce yet that we are planning and plotting away and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal so you definitely want to do that now uh, i want to give Dwayne a minute to talk about the fcl we just had the fcl championship yesterday Dwayne, if you want to plug what's going on over there brother man yeah absolutely so yesterday we crowned the very first first class league champion in a barn burner of a match uh it set a record that i i don't think will be beat anytime soon it came very close to breaking records that have been set on the main show and i put that in quotation marks because we're we're not the stepchild we are the main show and last and yesterday proved it we are just as good as the main show the trivia was brought everyone showed up to play if you haven't checked it out please go to twitch.tv slash the schmodown and check out yesterday's episode of the first class league two fantastic matches we got the international german pop sensation the flirt and flouse and his Wait, debut. What? it 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 was amazing against the interdimensional god the Warfather, and in and that is the undercard. That's wow. the undercard. In the main event, we had Kofi Outlaw versus the new signee for the Stars, Nick Harley, in the the first championship match, the first five-rounder we've ever had. It was 100% live with that full production value. Please go check it out because we're doing great things over there. It really is the gold standard of movie trivia. All right. Well, damn, we got to... Definitely check that out 100%. Um, if you haven't seen it, check out the FCL. You do not want to miss it at all. And of course, the big thing that we always say, uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, please be sure if you haven't already subscribed, do that. Send a five-star review. Let them know that you're enjoying this and what's that you want more of it. That's how we get more sponsors and stuff like that. So with all that, we'll get back to the show. We'll obviously do a, little, a few more plugs before we get out of here. Uh, but uh, Mara, just looking at it, before we move on, what was probably your favorite moment of this episode that you want to like kind of dive into and take a look at? Okay. All right. <clears throat> so <laughs> one thing that you don't know, we didn't know each other when The Force Awakens was coming out. But if my friend Dean from uh, my old job at the nuclear power plant is listening, you know, I had about 1,342 fan theories about The Force Awakens and about four of them were right. But I enjoyed wow. my theories. 
I have a really big, bold theory, if you'd like okay. to hear it. I would love to hear it. I don't think that Lady Loki is a Loki at all. Ooh. The very first thing she says is, it's not about you. I yeah. think that that is literal. I think that this is all a big version of some sort of like spell or mischief, like misdirection. So I, uh, I think that we're supposed to be looking at Loki, like Loki, the anti-hero, and I think, and versus Loki, the villain. And I think we're actually going to see Loki actually completely transition from being just a likable villain slash anti-hero into doing something truly heroic and that we can find that he's redeemed uh, at the end of this. And I think that it doesn't actually have anything to do with Loki, but what better distraction than someone as sinister as Loki? So I think she's masquerading personally. I actually don't hate that theory at all. And to that point, I actually think based upon the fact that we keep seeing people getting enchanted, I actually think that that's the enchantress, the enchantress. And I think that they, maybe she's put on enough of a guise that maybe she looks like Loki or like the headdress to kind of look like Loki, but she has her own nefarious stuff that's kind of going on and we're not directly, because to use the word specifically, oh, enchantments, which is exactly what she'll literally go and get people to fight for her. Like she has other magic she uses, but that's her favorite thing to do is to just literally enchant people to do her bidding. I I was kind of thinking the same thing, or I could see Disney trying to simplify it and being like, it is Lady Loki, but we just kind of merged her with the Enchantress, like whatever. But I kind of had that same gut feeling when they specifically used that word. Um, that was that was something that was like kind of interesting to me. But I like where your head's at. I do. I do think we're getting the, a, a, a redemption of Loki here. Uh, Dwayne, you look like you got something to say. You chop it up the bit, man. Yeah, I'm, it's also, it's where my mind was going as well because uh, Sophia DiMartino is not credited in the credits as Loki. She's credited as Sylvie, which is the first name of the second version of the Enchantress who was created by Loki to cause chaos. Oof. No more. Well, especially I'm because they took water. that time to make that little specific delineation between duplication casting and illusion projection. I feel like yeah. that's going to come into play. You know, the idea that there is such a difference between different types of, of magic and what yeah. they do and what you could create. So I'm, and I'm here for it, man. Like, I think this is I'm, I'm, my favorite moment ever, I think will always be part of WandaVision, but yeah. um, cause I have a lot of common ground in my history, uh, my family history with Wanda. So mm. uh, there's always just going to be that connection there. But I think this is my favorite show, at least as of right now. And I hope, I love that you mentioned Iron Fist because now you've put the fear in me. Um, <laughs> Hey man, we always gotta yeah. be aware. Iron Fist can always you know, always be around the corner. You never know. So, you, but I, but that's the whole thing though. What I will say, the big difference there is to to alleviate a lot of people's fears. While Netflix has done a lot of really good shows for sure, they didn't have the full like force backing of like Feige and full like Marvel Disney and all that kind of stuff that they are very meticulous about like. If you think about it, Disney very rarely has a miss. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that if they feel like it's not gonna be up to their standards, they just scrap it, you know? Like we, there's plenty of things that never see the light of day that if they have to hit like kind of a baseline, cause even these remakes that we made, these live action remakes, we may not love the way we did the cartoons are still pushing a billion dollars. So there must be some formula that's working 
uh, for it to even make it out there. They very rarely uh, miss on that in that regard. So I have faith that we'll be fine. We just might not like these shows as might get as hype as we did each subsequent show. But but so far they they've been absolutely killing it. Um, do you have any other theories? Now you now you got my brain turning as to what else might be going on here. Uh, I mean, I think we're all kind of sus about, um, you know, the timekeepers. I think the sacred timeline, I think all of it. I've actually seen some people in the chat that are saying, you know, they've really also made the concept of free will a really prominent discussion point in the show. So Mm -hmm. I think that we could see that having something to do with what is who are these people are they people are they giant lizards as was posited um so i'm really (laughs) excited to kind of find out because anything unseen anytime anyone tells you about something uh are they reliable and are they telling me the truth that they think that i want to hear as a viewer versus the truth that they know is to be true inside of the character themselves so i'm i'm super curious i'm also really rooting for giant lizards just because i want that visual My, my gut is telling me because we know Kang is coming in the new Ant-Man film that maybe this is a light intro to Kang. It might be uh, a situation where we just get like maybe a, an end credit scene teaser at the end of the show. But there's this weird part of me that like I think about like the Council of Reeds, the Council of Kangs, like that there, that there, there might be something like that that is kind of doing all of this. Um, Though someone in the chat did just say there's a possibility that maybe Kang already killed the timekeepers. So the timekeepers are dead and it's Kang now that is like, you know, posing as the the timekeepers himself, which I could see that too. I've been thinking about that because in the comics, Ravona is not not necessarily a, a villain, but she's an associate of Kang throughout different parts of this of his story. Um, at sometimes they're lovers, at sometimes they're antagonists, some, sometimes they're just, you know, coexisting. Um, but it's very suspect to me that she's like the only one that communicates with the timekeepers. Well, and she also even says, I have another agent that like I work with closely and like, you know, you're, I, I believe she calls Mobius her second favorite. She was like, you know, and he's like, oh, well, who's your side piece agent that you got going on? Like, okay, whatever. Like, I, there, there are little tiny things that we're getting hints at. And obviously, Kang, Kang the Conqueror, it's, he's very much about himself. But could be a more- there is this part of him that is worried about, like, the timeline getting polluted in that regard, especially his timeline that he specifically wants. So the minute the bombing happens at the end of the episode, you see Ravona go and pick up her, 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 her baton herself and be like, I got to get in the action. So I would not be surprised by that if there is a direct connection with them um, that we see. So let's see uh, with some of the stuff we didn't. Well, there's one other thing I noticed and I oh, don't, yes. it could mean absolutely nothing, but my brain cannot help it. Is I it the fact that, that, from... that Mobius didn't use the coaster? <laughs> no, but you know, I have OCD. So you know that that got to me. Um, I noticed in one scene that we actually saw the TVA logo almost upside down Mm. and upside down. It looks like it specifically is a W and an L and I, that could mean absolutely nothing. It could just be that they designed a cool nifty looking logo that when you turn it upside down happens to look like something else, but I look, I look everywhere. So Mara's brain noticed it's nothing, but Mara's brain. (laughs) Like the minute you said, I was like, yo, 
who got the initials WL, uh, War, right. War Loki. No, damn. Uh, like now all of a sudden I'm going through all the WLs that could possibly be in Marvel and I got nothing. I'm coming up a blank. <laughs> Hello, Sir Pounds. What, what he I also, did is- He has a very strong thought. Uh, yeah. Mobius's salad was just plain iceberg lettuce. That salad was, was garbage. So I'm glad <laughs> he didn't get to eat it. He needed, he needed salt and then what, do, do we know what liquid he poured into? It kind of looked like a protein shake in a, in a box. It, I couldn't really I tell. Coconut water maybe. Yeah, I thought it was coconut water. Okay, all right. Well, that actually doesn't sound like a terrible dressing if you just don't overdo it. Like Loki poured too much, but a little coconut water that might give you like a, you know, like kind of a spring, a spring salad going, which isn't too bad. Uh, but Dwayne, you were about to say something as well, man. I saw you about to. Uh, yeah, I forgot. What... Oh, this is what I was gonna say. So did okay. you look at all of the times and locations that got bombed? No, I must have missed it because it was happening so quickly. So there were a few that are kind of nondescript. Um, I I don't know. They probably have zero significance. But there were quite a few that we would recognize. Vormir, Sakaar, Asgard, Titan, Ego, and Hela were all on the list of places that got bombed at different time periods. The most significant, I think, is Asgard in 2004, which would have been Whoa. right before the events of Thor. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, when did you when did this happen? Because again, I I, I must it must have just I must is when, this right around when like you start to see the divergence popping when, off? When they all start going off a list yeah. of all of the places that the, the Got it. Okay, charges are the going list. goes very quickly across the screen. See, this is why I always do my double watch through uh, just for that fact, because I like to watch something first and then the second time take my notes on what's going on. And that's why, that's why ladies and gentlemen, we don't take hundred dollar shot requests on Blurts of the Hood every week from now on, because certain people are a little too tired to do their first watch through at midnight. Um, wow, that's actually pretty huge. So if that's if that's the case, now we got to think who would have, who specifically would want all of those particular moments wiped out then. Um, I, again, I guess I could sort of see Loki uh, and the Enchantress maybe being behind that, um, especially if you mention Asgard, if, you know, obviously the vendetta he feels he has against Odin uh, and Thor um titan i mean especially knowing that if if this loki or the enchantress or whatever has seen the death of loki at the uh, thanos's hand you might want to be like you know what let's let's bomb him out of existence um well, that's said, that's the interesting that's the interesting part is they also have years and like titan was 1992 which would have been well after the destruction of titan which mm-hmm. means it wouldn't stop Thanos. Mm-hmm. Voromir was in the future, like a few centuries right. in the future. So it's not going to stop Black Widow and yeah. Hawkeye. Like it's it's all these interesting just uh, like Sakaar was 1984. So it's like pre Ragnarok. Right. So it's right. like it's it was interesting 
time period choices. And it's like nothing means nothing in the MCU. So those dates were chosen for a reason. Right, 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 right. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very interested to kind of see where that ends up going. But yes, the one thing we do know, I see somebody in the chat saying, you know, the next phases are about the multiverses. And yes, this was something that we discussed uh, when we were just talking straight news, how the writer of this show, uh, who also wrote Multiverse of Madness, was like, look, I had to use both of them to sort of set each other up, bail myself out, and they are very much connected. And we already got a little bit of a tease of that at the start of episode one, where it was like, you know, the timekeepers prevented, the, you know, this madness of multiverses, and they had a multiversal war and all that kind of stuff. So we do know that this is all kind of leading to it. And it does sound like by bombing the sacred timeline, you are opening this up. Um, and Lord knows we've seen the trailers for the show. I mean, we see Loki with like what looks like some sort of like vote for Loki pin in like a campaign. And we've seen him with like Vikings, like not as Guardian, but actual Vikings. So there's been a lot of really random things that we know that are coming uh, as far as opening this like completely. Um, so there's a lot that we're definitely going to be able to dive into beyond that. Um, let's see. I want to say probably one of my favorite moments in this episode for sure is him in the library and the fact that like he tries to trick the librarian into letting him have um, information on the timekeepers, information on the timeline and all that, and she's not having it. And then when she's like, "You can have, you can have this," and it's just his file <laughs> and have him sit back down. That that no nonsense librarian is always super fun and kind of reminds me of those days where I would be talking too damn loud because I talk a lot. Uh, and that pretty much got shut down immediately. Um, but let's see, is there anything else before we kind of go into the super chats and the stream labs? Um, Did you the catch, big uh, so we've, in episode one, we got mm -hmm. the scroll in the background. We got Peggy right. Carter in the background. Right. Saw both of those, yeah. Do you think that that was an Agatha variant at the Renaissance Fair? I actually thought about that. I genuinely I vibes, yeah. Yeah. Because I actually thought about that. Because I I like ran to the bathroom in the first like thirty seconds of the episode, but I could still hear it. And yeah. I thought it was Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. I thought the same thing. And I but see the funny thing again, I, I caught that when I first tried to watch it last night. And again, little tired. Um and I was like I must be hallucinating. That sounds a lot like Agatha, but no, that wouldn't make any sense. Well, I guess it could. I don't know. So yes, I, I caught that too. Was there was there anything else that y'all kind of caught that we think was little clues hiding throughout this at all? Not necessarily. Um, I think I kind of highlighted most of my little granular uh, yeah. things. Although uh, I love one of the things that was my favorite thing about the show when they were talking about it before the premiere was that they're taking comics elements, but not following a particular storyline. Because even though I love seeing stories I know adapted, I like that we get to do this. We have to have these yeah. little, these theory discussions and stuff because we don't know what's going to happen this time. A thousand percent, which, oh, okay. That makes me then want to ask you this question. So when we find C20, who had been held hostage by Lady Loki the whole time, She's lost her mind and she keeps saying, it's real, it's real, it's real. What do you guys think that, that she, she's referring to? What's real? It, what, is she, what do you think that that's a, a nod to one way or the other? Any thoughts? I don't have a specific one as of yet. Um, 
I think yeah. part of it is they really they've made they've either conned me or they've just made sure to put blinders on me because the whole infinity stone thing like oh these yeah. are just little trinkets here like the idea that what we've come to see as ultimate power is actually totally powerless means yeah. that what does it real mean like it's real that's yeah. such a vague thing but uh, Dwayne, or what do you have do you have anything i've got nothing on that one um i'm i'm curious i'm wondering if the t the tva is and this might be sacrilegious for some people i'm about to compare marvel to dc um <laughs> is similar to oa in the way that oa exists in all dimensions and timelines in dc there is only one planet oa mm -hmm. okay is there only so one tva right so like even once the multiverse starts you know branching out the TVA right. is still the only TVA in existence because it exists separate. Like outside of time, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that will eventually become Chronopolis. Interesting. Ah. I didn't okay. really think about that. That's actually a pretty good. That's for, that's that's pretty good. I actually like that a lot. And I th there was there was one other theory not related to this directly because I, I I'm I, I genuinely ask you both what you thought it's real referred to because I honestly don't know I honestly was like what is real um if you work for the TVA you got to believe that you believe in the timekeepers and that they're real um so I don't I couldn't think it was that I genuinely just didn't know what she was getting at um I was thinking that when Loki got first introduced, I know that obviously B-15 has been like, he's a dangerous, like, you know, criminal variant, all that kind of stuff. But the fact that they gave him a uniform jacket and it says variant on it reminded me of when you're in a lot of law enforcement, you might get like a recruit or whatever type jacket. I'm starting to think that the TVA is actually made up of particular variants that had done whatever type stuff. And if they prove their worth to try and help solve whatever problem that they become part of it. So all of these people are actually variants is kind of where my brain was going when I saw that jacket. I don't know if you guys got the same vibes one way or the other, but it was just something very particular that they had a, a perfect uniform jacket for Loki in that regard. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it seemed a little weird in my regard. I don't know if that's something that y'all caught on to as well. I mean, it gave me definite, um, uh, Deadpool vibes uh, with the tradey vest. Yeah, but yeah, I like yeah. your kind of catch me if you can style thing. You know, he's he's the guy that was counterfeiting money and then goes to work for the FBI. I like that. Exactly, cool. exactly. Which also bringing in a catch me if you can reference. Got to ask you: Are you ever gonna see yourself in in uh, you know regular slowdown or just IG? You think? I would not want to embarrass myself horribly. I think by going into singles <laughs> or teams. <laughs> And I it's have no shame, good. but free for all is, I think, the only the, as far as I'll get. <laughs> That's fair. Do the free for all, and then use the, then when you win it, use that as your platform to go win the singles belt and just be you know a two two division champion, girl. <laughs> I love that um, you have faith in me. <laughs> I do. I really do. Look, man, if you're out here, if you're keeping Mr. Burns in check, okay, then you can do anything. That's that's all I'm saying. So. Um, all right, so Dwayne, let's go ahead and read the super chats in the Streamlabs and see what some of the people are thinking, bro. All right, D 
Daryl Stokes. Uh, time bomb causes variant displacement, maybe. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I could see that. I just I'm, I wonder because again, it, it it does. If I remember, when you drop those reset bombs, it bombs the entire timeline that spawned there, or just bombs the area. Uh, it it bombs. I think the entire timeline but it's done at the place that caused the branch to form and i think what's made this significant is it, they were dropped in places where there wasn't a variant right thus creating a variant right that's so that's so confusing god time sometimes bro <laughs> okay uh what else what else Dwayne? all right and then we've got uh max Cohen, I don't know if I want to read this one because it's kind of a spoiler. Oh. Of, like, things to come, not things we've already seen. Hmm. Well, I mean, we've been theorizing. If It's a it's all been theories. Well, it's, it's, it's all it's, been theories. This is not a theory. It's something that I guess was leaked that might give oh. away things in the future. And oh. I don't, I don't oh, necessarily want to ruin don't. that for other people. Yeah, don't. I'm sorry that it ruined it for you, but sir. But I, I will... I will I mean, if you guys don't mind sending it, in, uh, if I send it to you in the chat, I will, so that we can at least kind of discuss it without giving it sure. away. I'm fine with it. I'm um, fine with it. So, yeah. because we, we do want to be able to, yeah. Yeah. I, I want the question to be addressed. I just don't want to necessarily ruin it for our, our viewers who haven't necessarily seen this news. Sure. Oh, oh yes. I heard yeah, about I, that. I had I seen that. that. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I mean, that's the only thing I... I love those, um, that sort of stuff, but they have ruined things before. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, no, they did with the, with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where you, the, the toy of uh, Sam Wilson Cap dropped after episode two. So it was like, yeah. okay, well, I'm out. I mean, we knew he was going to pick up the shield, but like that he was ultimately doing it and what he looked like. And it was like, okay, well, thanks for that. But, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I, I feel like I had heard a rumor about this happening in this phase, whether it was TV or in Love and Thunder, there was a rumor of this particular Asgardian character, I'll leave it at that without getting into it, would appear. Um, so I would not be surprised if the time bombs um, did create all sorts of just absolute chaos and, and including bringing this character into play. Um, yeah, good and, question. And we've already seen variants can vary in appearance. Like we've got the Hulk Loki that, mm -hmm. that was shown. So like, yeah, it a hundred percent could be something as simple as the time bomb created, or it could be something that exists totally separate from, from that as a variant that already existed. Exactly. I mean, look, if I learned anything from Jet Li's The One, I mean, yo, if you can end up with Jamaican Jet Li, you a thousand percent end up with Hulk Loki. So I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> that is my favorite sentence I think I've ever heard. If you can hit Jamaican Jet Li, you of course can get Hulk Loki. <laughs> hey man, we get crazy up here on the Intergeekdom Show. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, what else, Dwayne? Uh, that's it for the Streamlabs and Super Chats. Um... And just one thing to kind of tease a little bit where we might be moving uh, some of the things we might be bringing to the show. 
if anyone is looking for where to check out some comic stuff that might give you a little bit of reference to where a lot of these inf- uh, inspirations are coming from for the show, at least so far, uh, check out Thor and Loki Double Trouble, I believe is, is the, is the mm. name of the run. It's with Lady Loki, and there's a device that Lady Loki acquires that allows her to travel between dimensions, very similar to the the panel that she took from the timekeepers in this episode, as well as Loki, agent of uh, not agent of yeah agent of Asgard, um, which is where the one horned helmet reference comes from. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you want to learn how Loki broke broke the helmet. That's where, you, that's where you do it. It's also a great comic book run. So check those two out if you're looking for some some more info on Loki as a character. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And shout out to Saul who's in the chat who says, that's exactly why I love how Favreau talked Lucasfilm into not dropping Gogu merch, Grogu merch until after Mandalorian season one already aired, despite them missing the Christmas season that year. I agree with that. Because I, I think what they did instead is they were selling like IOUs or almost pre-orders for the Grogu dolls and whatnot that people were able to like kind of give for Christmas. Um, and I also appreciate that they didn't ruin the name, that that was a, the, the something they wanted to do for season two. So they were just calling it The Child in order to kind of help make sure that they didn't blow that spoiler either. So yeah, you would you would think they would be a little bit more on top of that here um but you know it happens so no worries um so we're almost done i'm trying to think if there's anything else that was here that we want to talk about at all well we just got Um, one more one more super chat oh great yeah from max cohen this one's not a spoiler Mm -hmm. i also think that the sacred timeline is the true timeline but the one that leads to an eventual tva victory because they are evil or kang yeah, no, I, I, I mean, every time I've ever seen someone talk about the timeline, it's typically Kang. It's typically Kang that was like, no, it has to be this way. And it's just because that's the timeline in which he rules everything. You know what I'm saying? And he constantly comes back because he feels like the Avengers are screwing up his crap. Um, but it's actually interesting, though, that Loki brings up the Avengers in episode one. And they're like, we're not talking about the Avengers. They're not important right now. We're talking about you. Um, so I'm also very curious about that too. If maybe they're, like you said, this true, like uh, Max was saying, this is the true timeline, but... Max meant isn't the true timeline, but... Oh. Either way, oh, it's, it's okay. the timeline. Okay, got we, it. we got the gist of it. It's the timeline yes. Kang is protect, protecting. The Kang, Kang is wants specifically protecting, exactly. So, hmm. Any thoughts on that at all, Mara? I think it's definitely an interesting proposition. Uh, I just love how open-ended we are right now. I'm almost sad that we're a third of the way through the show, Um, but I'm also glad that it doesn't look like they're going to stretch it out too far because there is, at least for me, there is something like too much of a good thing. And I like the mini side quests and stuff, but I'm glad that we're propelling plot forward with every single episode so far. I, I essentially have been treating these shows as really thought out and stretched out DLC personally. Like that's kind of been like where my my gamer brain has been, where it's like, is it vital to what we've been seeing in the movies? Not really in the sense that like um, 
the movies clearly are our main vehicle to get there. But like you said, whether it be a side quest or a DLC, it gives us something extra to really help us dive into said characters and your story is only further enriched for it. Um, but it's not necessarily necessary, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, with that, um, let me again, just give you a quick preview of the stuff that's going on with the Schmodown. Uh, we have today, uh, Greg Alba from the Quirky Mercs is taking on Saul from the Den. This is a big match right here because these two are vying uh, to try and make their way at a title shot for the inner geekdom division. So you do not want to miss that. Tomorrow we have Griffey Nooms from the exchange stolen right out from under us. Damn you, barbarian. Uh, Jacoby Bancroft from the stars has taken them on. They are going down in a singles match tomorrow. And then this Friday, my boy Lon Harris is taking on the Cobra Chance Ellison for singles supremacy to see who will also take that next big step towards a potential title shot. You don't want to miss those matches. They will be out on YouTube on this channel, so don't miss it. Uh, Mara, is there anything you'd like to plug uh, where the people can find you, stuff going on, etc.? I lurk on the internet, and you can follow me on social, on Twitter, at that Mara, Instagram, at that Mara LA. Also, don't know how to use Instagram. Any advice is appreciated. But I would like <laughs> to take a moment and um, encourage everyone that if it's something that is within your physical ability or your belief structure to consider becoming a blood donor, an organ donor, or a bone marrow donor. Um, if you're interested in joining the bone marrow registry, you can go to bethematch.org, read their FAQ page. It's not what TV and movies make it look like it is. Um, and you can give somebody the gift of life. It's the biggest thing you could ever give someone. So just uh, take a minute and consider it. If it's something that you feel like you could do, I'd really, uh, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that message. And yes, please, uh, especially if it's something that's within your relief or belief structure, as Mara said, uh, obviously the blood is important regardless, but bone marrow is a lot of people don't sign up for that registry. And so that's one of those things that is needed so much. And you really need to be within the scope of the person for that match to happen. It's not as general as blood type. Uh, we need as many people that are willing to do it as possible. So definitely do that, please. Uh, Dwayne, what you got going on, man? Uh, you can find me anywhere and everywhere on the internet at BurkeMade. Uh, check out my YouTube channel where I do my show Technical Difficulties, where I give tips, tricks, and tutorials about how to make live streams and your shows better, how to run OBS. Uh, and I'm working on currently right now an OBS masterclass to show you how to set up OBS from start to finish, from top to bottom. Uh, that should be out at the beginning of next month. Yeah. Um, sign me up. <laughs> Dude, a thousand percent. That's amazing. I, I'm, I'm here for it, bro. I mean, but I love that show. You know, I love that show. I, I secretly watch it. I just don't tell you every day, but I watch it every single episode. I'm just very quiet. I'm like taking notes. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then myself, you know where to find me. I'm the Swaggy Blurred on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. Blurred's in the hood every Tuesday and Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, this Sunday... I'm very excited. Man, I got to talk to Jay because maybe we need to do some sort of Juneteenth stream on Saturday. Uh, oh, but on Sunday, so it'd be fun. We might, we might have to do that. Dwayne, I don't know if you're available. If you want to join us and whatnot, man, we might have to do that. But um, Sunday, it's going down. Talk blurred to me. TK Trinidad and Drew Jones will be joining the Blurs in the Hood family. They will have their own show, Talk Blurred to Me, starting this Father's Day. Uh, what better way 
to celebrate Father's Day than with two intelligent, sexy, funny ladies that are kind of come through and drop all sorts of joke and jokes and knowledge on you. So you don't want to miss it. And we are moving up uh, this month's uh, Blurreds After Dark to this Sunday. Obviously, that's our adults-only sex-positive show where we're coming in and talking about all the realness. Uh, we're moving it up just because I do have something going on the last Sunday of this month. So that'll double dose of Blurreds on Sunday. You don't want to miss that uh game time on the outlaw nation and then of course sen uh sen is about to start in about a minute or two right here so you don't want to miss that here so definitely stick around and do that uh with that Dwayne, go ahead and hit the music miss mara thank you so much for joining us we would love to have you back uh if that's something that you're interested in doing we got plenty of episodes left we got what if coming i I, look i just love picking your geeky brain so we definitely got to get you back on here soon so for Miss Mara Kanopic, for Dwayne Burke, I am the Swaggy Blood Winston and Marshall. Thank you so much and stay geeky, folks. Peace.